1: the clowns on the left and
3: the jokers on the right
4: and join michael Smirkanish right here in the middle
3: this is the smirkanish podcast for independent minds
4: from time to time
5: i like to touch base and find out what's going on in the workplace i mean in the physical workplace post pandemic um what brings this to my mind today is the fact that a week ago i had a meeting with an unnamed local business, big business, in a high-rise in Center City, Philadelphia. And we were in this gorgeous office space on a weekday, late afternoon. It was late afternoon. I do need to make that point clear. But I walked around the perimeter of the building looking at spectacular views and no one in these glorious uh, offices. And it, it made me wonder about, you know, return to work or return to office mandates and how that world is is. Going, I I have you know younger, uh, but in the workplace, uh, children. Yes. With varying experiences, yes. I guess is what I would say. Yeah.
6: So I like you. I'm hearing about it from my daughter's 26 and in Brooklyn, and so I'm hearing about it from Emma and her crowd, and I'm hearing about it from other people in my life who are on the other side of the work place in other words they're the bosses so let's just say that one side and the other side have very different views about what should be going on right so now. so here's
5: my impression having just had this conversation with a representative of a large employer which is to say that there's a, a dance taking place they don't want to lose workers nope. they're having a difficult time recruiting they want
6: them in the office young wor-
5: and they want them in the office they don't want to but be they're the all looking over their shoulder yep. at other employers because if they push too hard they feel like there's no loyalty yep that they've engendered among young employers, pardon me, employees, who'll just leave and go somewhere. Like, you want me here four days a week? Well, over there, I'm going to go and work three days a week and be at home.
6: Correct. That is exactly what is going on.
5: So the second reason, it's not only personal and anecdotal, but the second reason it's on my mind is because there's a particular study and a co-author of this study is in my on-deck circle that got a lot of attention. And I kept reading the headlines that said that bringing workers back to the office won't help your bottom line. And I wanted to read the actual study, which I've done. This is a, a product of two authors associated with the University of Pittsburgh. L- let, me, let me just read to you, because it's, it's very conversational, the way that it begins, this uh, paragraph of framing, and then we'll say hello to our guest. It begins this way. Again, this is, this is an academic paper that is on the issue of return-to-office mandates. Since early 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic has dramatically reshaped the landscape of work. Many individuals transitioned to remote work to mitigate the risk of virus transmission in crowded office environments. This shift also granted workers greater flexibility and eliminated the need for time-consuming commutes. After the threat of COVID-19 began to recede since mid-2022, many companies considered reconsidered their workplace policies. While many firms such as NVIDIA and Airbnb are sticking to working from home mode, a lot of others think Amazon and Disney have implemented or are considering return to office mandates, RTO mandates. Numerous company top managers argue that working from home reduces employee productivity and hurts firm performance and values. However, a large number of employees vehemently oppose this viewpoint and argue that the elimination of arduous commutes and enhanced flexibility actually contribute to higher work efficiency and better overall well-being. Many experts believe the managers use RTO mandates to regain control over employees and blame employees as a scapegoat Available with all wheel drive, your new RAV four is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus both RAV fours and highlanders are
3: Michael Smircona's program, listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app.
5: Mark Ma is a Katz Graduate School of Business professor at the University of Pittsburgh, and he joins me now. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for being here. So I, I get the setup, I get the approach. What did you actually do then to study this issue?
8: So again, first of all, I want to make it clear, these are not our viewpoints these are our findings, what the data tells us. All right, so that's, that, that's important because a lot of people think that these are our opinions. These are not. All right, so clearly, you made it very clear that there's a big divide between managers and the employees about return-to-office mandates. The managers believe return-to-office mandates will create benefits. For example, higher productivity, better firm performance, and ultimately, it will translate into uh, better firm valuation. However, on the other hand, employees think that the managers are just trying to regain that control over the employees because the managers feel that they have lost control over the employees who work from home, especially during a tight labor market after the pandemic. Many employees are just changing jobs. So they, that has created a lot of headaches for the managers.
5: But is it necessarily a bad thing that managers would want to regain control over employees? I mean, I don't think that they're they're doing it for some. I'm not quite sure how to articulate this. I'm I'm, I'm not sure that they're doing it because they want dominance, but rather they want productivity. Right? Yes, that's the manager's argument. They want
8: higher productivity. They believe going for asking the employees back to the office will due to better productivity. So we test, unfortunately, we do not have detailed data about employee productivity, but we look at firm performance and firm valuation because the ultimate goal of improved productivity is better performance and better valuation. However, we found no results or no improvements in
5: performance or stock market valuation for the firms that imposed return to office mandates. So I have seen but, press, I have seen press for your work and it, it gets summarized as follows. And you tell me, is this accurate or too simplistic? Bringing workers back to the office won't help your bottom line. I think that came from coverage in inc.com. Is that accurate? Is that your finding?
8: So from, a... Uh, because I'm, I'm a professor, I'm a scholar, so I want to speak it in a more articulate way. That is, we do not find evidence that return to office mandates improve your bottom
5: line. Okay, okay. you're saying you're saying it in reverse. You don't you don't see any day any basis in the data that by using a return to office mandate you'll necessarily improve productivity.
8: Yes. Hmm.
5: And at the same time, we look at uh, employees'
8: glassdoor reviews, which shows employees' job satisfaction about the firm. And we actually found a drop in the job satisfaction of these employees who work for firms uh, that impose return-to-office mandates. So, uh, again, we do not have the data. We do not have a long enough window to test this or not to, to test this yet. But lower employee satisfaction could translate into lower productivity over the long term unfortunately we do not have the data to show that until now because all these ret- most of this return to office mandates was within the last one year or two years so but in the long term it is possible that this return to office mandate could actually hurt productivity
5: mark sum up for us and and thank you again for your willingness to drop by and discuss your your findings so mark ma from the Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh, where you're an associate professor. You've looked at return to office mandates. And what's the most significant thing that you want my audience to hear? Well, I believe managers should improve, embrace remote work as an opportunity
8: to develop a long-term flexible workplace strategy that could both encourage high employee performance and foster employee loyalty. I actually have some suggestions about how to do that. For example, you could ask young and new workers to go to office more often. And as employees work for the firm for a longer time period, you should give them more flexibility and allow them to work from the place where they want to. As a result, that would basically provide incentive for employees to work harder and also to stay on the firm for a longer time period.
5: In other I'm words, asking, it becomes it becomes a, a benefit. the the longer you're here and in the office, the more latitude will give you eventually that you can work from a remote location.
8: Exactly, I think mm-hmm. that's what a smart leader should do next, and that will benefit everyone.
5: Interesting, Mark Ma. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. There's another aspect of this which I think is important, and I've I've been. I've been holding on to a recent clip. We already ran it at smirkhondish.com, and it has to do with promotion. Uh, I think it has to do with mentorship. From the the Wall Street Journal, for a while, remote workers seem to have it all. Elastic waistbands, no commute, better concentration, and the ability to pop in laundry loads between calls. New data shows, however... Fully remote workers are falling behind in one of the most prized and important aspects of a career, getting promoted. Over the past year, remote workers were promoted 31% less frequently than people who worked in the office, either full time or on a hybrid basis, according to an analysis of 2 million white collar workers by employment data provider Live Data Technologies. Remote workers also get less mentorship. A gap that's especially pronounced for women. Of employees working full time in an office or on a hybrid basis, 5.6% received promotions at their organizations in 2023, according to live data, versus 3.9% who worked remotely. There's some proximity bias going on, says Nick Bloom, an economist at Stanford University who studies remote work and management practices. And the challenges facing remote workers, I literally call it discrimination. Huh? Is it? That's interesting. I totally, I totally get this. I totally out of sight, out of mind. I totally understand the the advantage of of he or she who's actually there. You know, for those limited interactions. I I was having a a, a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine. We we're having lunch and talking about. Uh, now we really sounded like old guys, old codgers.
6: Get but, those kids back in the office. Well, no,
5: we were, we were, we were talking. That's each how of, I feel. Each of us was talking about our 80s and 90s working in the city experience. Oh, interesting. And what it was like to go out to lunch and see familiar faces and go to, go to lunch with somebody and enjoy somebody's company. And to be in a workplace that, yes, you were expected to be there early and to work a full day. And, you know, that wasn't entirely pleasant, but there was a lot to be said for it. And there was a lot to be said for the camaraderie that went with it. There was a lot to be said. We didn't say this to one another yesterday, but it's on my mind now for going out for beers after work. There's a lot to be said for the social life, relationships, dating. Well, All that of ties those things
6: everything that you yes. always
5: talk about here right.
6: about relationships in person but if you talk to the 20 somethings they think we're ridiculous and that it's just you know work life balance is a huge thing and what are you even talking about I mean they literally think we're con- I mean insane.
5: you go into some of these downtown areas and and I don't just mean ours, but they're 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 cavernous and it's like tumbleweeds Yeah are blowing through and they're they're not having those kind of experiences and the ripple effect on the economy when all of those ancillary businesses to when people were working in those high rises – I don't see it coming back. I don't think this pendulum swings in my lifetime.
6: I know you can get, obviously you can get work done remote, but there's no way it's the same. I mean, no. there's just no way. You're doing laundry, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're getting a lot of other things done, but you're not focusing as much of the job on hand. I just I just
5: cannot what imagine that's the way. What about all of those office interactions? right you know I, you they're, they're all, all they're the time. all
6: they're all missing right. they're all missing re- recognizing the hierarchy i all um, maybe the reason that the 20 somethings are so emboldened as to think that they can not be in the office for 5 days a week is because they don't have the feeling of the office hierarchy and are not afraid to say that they don't want to be in the office 5 days a week
5: but now i listened to professor ma and he says that you're you're not necessarily going to see an increase to right. your bottom line if you bring everybody back well well why then is there such a move to bring them back? He says, well, managers feel like they've lost control. If I were a manager and the productivity were increasing when no one is there, I'd like to think that my attitude would be one of, hey, stay wherever you want to stay. Right. Because you're helping the bottom line. I don't know. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that productivity actually spikes. even the right balance? Right. And even if productivity spikes... What about the human cost yeah. of being of being alone and not having the type of interactions that I'm working on a speech about this whole connectivity issue, and I'm I'm thinking I need to add a whole part that speaks to working in proximity to others and and some of those weak ties yeah. and the social capital that grows from them. I I've said it before. I I loved. You know, I loved in the uh, now I'm so aged, but I loved the newsstand. I knew the guy who I was buying my newspapers from, and I loved. And there was a there was a shoe shine place. It was on 15th Street. My God, they had like five guys going at once, and everybody came in. Yeah, and I see faces, sneakers. and you <laughs> exactly, yeah. You'd see and you'd see faces that you might not. This was in a huge city. This was when this was when it was the fourth largest city in the country. I don't think it's ever going back, Michael. No, but we got to find a way to make up for the the human interaction that is lacking.
3: This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM.
5: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
1: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
9: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
7: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee Governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore,
3: The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app.
5: Hey, gang, let's learn about where the eight-hour workday came from. Hi, Didrik. I understand that uh, you studied this issue. What can you share? So
10: uh, about a century ago during the last major workers' rights movement, um, it was a political slogan. It was uh, they wanted eight hours' work eight hours leisure, eight hours sleep. Um, and so there is no real scientific basis for an eight-hour workday. Um, it does not necessarily mean it's the most effective way uh, or the most productive way to get the most uh, work out of, a, out of a person.
5: Okay. What about where we're doing our eight hours if it is eight hours?
10: So there was a study, I was in grad school before COVID, so there wasn't a lot of research that looked at this yet, but there was one study out of South Korea that looked at um, how many days a week you had to spend in the office to uh, mitigate the worst sort of side effects and gain most of the benefits. And it was roughly one work day of for every 10 days oh, geez. was the sweet spot
5: okay but you're you're just not gonna build the relationships. maybe you're gonna build them elsewhere. I don't think you're gonna build them online
10: well so how how younger people build younger people build their relationships online now in a in a much more fluid way than the older generation does
5: I'm gonna sound like the old crank, but I don't think that they are real relationships i just don't I just don't yeah, think that's what. Wor- I mean, you look at you look at the data. I'm I'm not just I'm not just pulling this out of my ear here, but you look at the CDC data about loneliness, particularly among, you know, young Americans. You look at the suicidality rate of young women. A third of high school girls have actually contemplated a suicide plan. I see it as all connected.
11: I,
10: I agree, but I don't think going backwards is going to fix it. I think we need to re redesign our entire society.
5: Right. Um, well I, I'm I'm only i I'm only arguing I'm not I'm not here to argue that we all go back to forty hour work weeks and, and punch a clock. That's not where I'm coming from. If I sound that way, I don't mean to. I am saying that I think that there's a component of this which is beyond office productivity that is human mental health that needs to get factored in. Yeah.
10: Anyway, uh, the, the thank other you, thing sir. that I Yeah, go ahead, it, finish. Um, the, the other thing I find interesting is It could very easily become a two tier system. I work now in healthcare, and, you know, um, a lot of the people that I work with now, they don't even have they they do 12 hour shifts and don't have the choice to work
5: remote. Oh, absolutely. This is a white collar issue. And, and, you know, look at look at people who are doing blue collar jobs, service related to there's no such thing as being remote if you're a home health aide. You know what I mean? You're there and you're on the clock. And I got to believe you're looking at a lot of other people in your orbit with a little bit of resentment at why they're at home working or not working. That is an important part, Uh, Didrik. Thank you. Hi, Debbie. Greetings to you in Los Angeles. What are you thinking?
4: Hi. Hi, Mike. I have so many things to say. I can't put it in one sentence. But, okay, um, let me catch my breath because I'm on my morning run. Nice. Um, So what are your uh, listeners who are listening from 9 to twelve? Are they working from home? and if they're calling in, how are they working? That was just a, that's an aside. <laughs> okay, the that's other thing point. I wanted to say is I work I work for HR. I mean I am an HR manager in a healthcare organization. It's not so much you've already got your uh, loneliness point across, and that's a whole other guest in conversation, but the impact that the white collar part of our organization, working remote while everybody else, nursing, EVS, hospitality, has to be on site. That causes a rift between the blue-collar union people and the elite white-collar people. So we just mandated that everybody who fled during COVID must come back at least three days a week. And we're getting pushback on that. Three days is very generous. The other question I had is, did your guests, what industry was your guest studying when they said it doesn't affect the bottom line because that's got to be an industry like IT or finance or something where nobody leaves their desk all day anyway. Um, but it has nothing to do with most of the country that has to be on site.
5: By the way, if I can interrupt and say, first of all, thank you. And, and no, most of our listeners and callers are in the midst of a 7:30 AM morning run and they interrupt it to call right. this program, if you didn't know that. That's right. Um, no, what I, what, I, what, I wanted to, what I wanted to say is the resentment that you spoke of, I was just pontificating, imagining it has to be the case. So I'm glad that yes. you call with some real world experience and say, look, there's an issue here between our blue collar unionized folks and those white collar people who are remote. And, and the resentment that it spurs, I I completely see how that would be the case.
4: Yeah, when especially when they work in the same organization.
5: Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to your run. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks. your Thanks. appreciate your appreciate your insight, uh, Mark Chicago. You wanted to say what about these return to office mandates?
11: I am so glad, Michael, that I was able to be the next caller after the previous HR uh, person. Uh, I am totally listening to you because I work when I throughout the day, not just eight hours. And I take time for myself throughout the day. And I I have plenty of productivity. I am a middle level manager in a fortune 500 company. If you are not managing to task, but you're managing to butts in seats, you are not managing as effectively as you could. The, this issue of being in the office makes you more productive is complete BS. I understand there's a relationship component, but as a manager, you need to plan for that. You need to work that into your work day or week or month with your people. They need to have a reason to be in the office, not because it is Tuesday. They need to actually accomplish something or do something and together. You're not you're Even not
5: seeing you're not seeing any diminished productivity because they are remote.
11: I am seeing more productivity because they're remote, because they're happier employees. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you, Michael, this idea that you go into the office and that there's all this networking, mentoring, I, I, can, I can tell you firsthand because I, I, I try to give it the go. This was what our, our company wanted to do. And I go into the office and I see people plugged in, tuned out in a cube, isolated when there is company mandated networking hours or social hours. It's usually at the end of the day and they're looking for a reason to leave Right, it is. It is a myth. It is fiction. That, okay. Well, wait a minute. Often, Hold
5: on. I I lived it in a law firm context for ten years, trying cases before I did whatever it is that devices. I'm doing now. And if what's that?
11: Before there were devices that everybody is on and connected. You're to right. All day long.
5: Touche. You're right. You're right. We, we were not. I mean, I you know, I had a clamshell. I had a clamshell uh, cell phone. It was in my brief. It was in my briefcase. But you are right. It's true, and, and, I am,
11: and I am called upon throughout the day. I have yeah. a phone with me. And by the way, employers gave everyone these tools so that they could get more productivity from workers outside of the office. They gave people laptops and pagers and cell phones so that they could extend their work day.
5: Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I'm I'm always plugged in. For for me, I never, I'm never off that clock. Mark, thank you. There, there was a nice, uh, you know, sort of rebuttal to other things I and others have said. Andre, Asheville, North Carolina, what did you most want to say?
12: Oh yes, Michael. Let's just say I work for a very large small package delivery company, if you know what I mean. I got and two I would, on my uh, mind. Okay, pick one. We were the better ones, the brown guys. But anyway. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, we, uh, I delivered two hundred to three hundred offices a day. All right, and I can't tell you how many times they would act like I was a puppy had just walked in because it was like the highlight of their day, okay? <laughs> and I felt I felt like so sorry for these people that had to stay in these boxes, and and, and, to, and to just to close it out, can you imagine me saying to you, "Is there anything else I can help you with"?
5: okay but but now let me ask you something but let me ask you something you felt sorry for those who were in the office environment i love it and i love the way you explained it but now when you go to somebody's house and they are working do you look at them with any resentment and say you know instead of working my ass off on the truck and driving all over the place and delivering the i wish i were at home working a job like that
12: uh, actually, I wouldn't be cut out for and and then you're theoretical, but I would not be visiting anybody that was working from home. I mean, it's like it would be the worst uh, infraction of a work ethic I could think of.
5: Gotcha, I think. Andre, thanks. I really appreciate the, uh, the whole presentation value. Uh, Tim, Boston, Massachusetts, what's that one thing you wanted to say?
8: It's all about
13: clear uh, setting of expectations. If you're blue-collar, here's the expectation of your job. Here's how we're going to incentivize you. There are going to be different things for different people in the organization. Other people in the organization are going to be able to work from home. This job doesn't have that. Here are the things that you want, you're going to be asked to do. Can you or can't you do it? Here's the incentive package. Can you or can't you do it for all levels of the, of the organization? And if you, you buy into it, I'll hire you if you got the skills. If you don't, that's your choice.
5: You can earn a great living in my area if you have a trade. And, and I know yes. that it's very hard for them to maintain the workforce necessary. If you're a home builder, to have sufficient subcontractors fill in all the blanks for, you know, those who do windows and those who do roofs and those who do framing and foundations. I, I just wonder if now a new generation will be even less inclined to go into those jobs when they see others are able to work from home.
13: So I'm part of big brother, big sister. Mm -hmm. I think that also that also comes back to what is it you want to do? And some people want to be electricians. Some people want to be painters. Some people want to be plumbers. What that does, though, is it says you're going to be working the hours you're going to work because that's what you've chosen.
5: Yeah, I hear you. Okay, Tim, thanks for that. Good for good for you, by the way, that you're in that organization. Great organization. Brian, Irvine, California. What's on your mind? I think about the the movie
14: Office Space and um you know the yeah. kind of the the oppra- the oppression that happens with, and you know uh, your your speaker uh, the the caller that came on the guest I'm sorry um he Professor talked a lot Mom. about yeah he talked a lot about control and management you know I, I think what this comes down to is a whole rethinking as leaders I mean if you have a white-collar crew and you have you know things that can be done on the computer things that can be done over the phone it, it requires a, a new set of thinking from a management perspective and it's really more about leadership because you can get productivity out of uh, you know your employees or your you know the, the folks that your professionals that work for you just the same way in a remote setting as you could in an office if you're a manager and you control and you have to control every minute of every day, you're going to get no productivity, whether you're in an office or not. It's a totally okay. But let me ask you something.
5: You you are a CEO of what type of a business? You don't have to identify the business. So what type of a business? Um, a nonprofit trade association. Am I going to be able to work up that ladder remotely? Like you you have limited interaction with me face to face. I'm doing a quality job for you, Brian the CEO remotely, but are are my prospects of of promotion the same as if I were in that office and seeing you occasionally? No. Right, that's what the journal no. article said. That's what the data said. Yeah. Uh, it
14: it has, to, it has to be a hybrid. You, you, there's no way you could do it completely remote like a robot. It has to be a hybrid.
5: Right. Yeah, that makes common sense to me. Thank you for that. Appreciate your input. Lightning round, Michelle, Riverside. You've been li- listening. You wanted to say what?
9: Um, so as I'm talking to you, I'm actually making my 37-mile, one-hour, and 25-minute commute to work. And I would already be working oh, if geez. I was having to do that. But... I will say I'm actually in higher education and I'm in HR as well. And I manage about 14 people and there has to be flexibility in the framework. You know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. Um, people want to, to know and understand that the organization is giving to them just as they're giving to their organization. And, you know, really people have a new relationship with work. And I know one caller, or I think it was, a. Uh, a um, I think someone said that that about the putting laundry in. They should be putting laundry in. They should because, you know what, um, this is a difficult world. This is a how hard many, life.
5: Michelle, Michelle, how many days a week yeah. are you doing, are you in the office and doing a one-hour and 37-minute commute?
9: Um, I'm going into the office three days a week.
5: Three days a week. Okay, three days a week. That's a long haul. I mean, that is, that is a, is. That is a Michelle, long
9: haul. There was also something that someone mentioned about connection, and and there's so many ways to get connection. It's not just the workplace, because when I go into work now, I spend half of my day in the office with a closed door on a Zoom, so it doesn't really make sense
5: to me. Well, that doesn't make sense at all. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate your insight. Barb, Atlanta, what did you want to say?
2: Hi, Michael. I worked remotely, completely remotely, 100% for 25 years for a major pharmaceutical company. I got promoted. My productivity was spot on because I was able to be flexible and work at 5 in the morning or 10 at night, whatever I needed to do. I was a single parent, and I was able to get to all my kids' ball games and nice. doctor appointments and all that. But I 100% agree with you that you suffer from not having the personal relationships. It is very lonely. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody and then, by the way. By the way, to Bar, with nothing yeah
5: you and I are not here to say that all those relationships were pleasant, but they were all they were all life relationships. Sam, Montrose, Colorado, what did you want to say?
12: Uh, yeah, I uh, am a project manager for a civil engineering firm and I work 100 percent remotely. Um, and I would just say, you know, first of all, for the uh, for Karen from H.R. that called in a while back about resentment. I just can't imagine a more childish way to look at work-life relationships. And uh, then also, uh, I would say that some of the younger people that I work with, it's actually easier to form a relationship um, over Zoom and online than it is um, with uh, being in person because there's a lot of introverts, especially uh, in a field like engineering.
5: So I I wasn't defending and I don't think that my guest was or my caller was defending the idea of of resentment. I was just looking at it as as, you know, human factors as human. I just and it's not a reason that you shouldn't work at home because somebody's going to be upset looking at you working at home. I just think it's a it's a consideration of the totality of the circumstance. Suzanne, Nevada, greetings. Hi.
2: Hi. So I wanted to say for 10 years, I agreed with you. I, I would refuse team members who didn't work in my office because I can't be a team with people I'm not with. Technology changed that during the pandemic. I moved out of my offices in Century City. I now live outside of Vegas. I'm 100% remote. I have great relationships with my team. I'm friends with someone who I've never worked with in the office, and we're actually vacationing together soon with wow. you know, a group of let me,
1: people. Let me know how that and goes. You and,
2: you and Dan don't work in the same state, but you went to his wedding. You can develop relationships. It seems to me well, that your team Well, I mean, come on. He had, this...
5: he, he had no choice. Of course he was going to invite me. I mean, come on. <laughs> really.
2: <laughs> but it does seem like your team is— Like, is your editor for the newsletter sitting in a cubicle outside TC oh, office Oh, Su- the Suzanne, Suzanne
5: Suzanne. Suzanne's making excellent Suzanne, points. We are—I mean, Joe is, like, down south— Alice is a few miles away. Right. Um, we've got Austin. Hey, Austin. Martin. Austin is in the Midwest. He's the <laughs> weekend. Yes. So were you? Yes. <laughs> uh, Austin, like Austin's mailing address is is Missouri. Come on. No, Suzanne, you have no idea how Suzanne right you. Suzanne is You have no idea how right points. you are. The people who Holy are moly. a part of this operation, and on CNN, I'm dealing with a New York crew and an Atlanta gang that keeps us on the air. It's unbelievable. We're together, unbelievable. together like twice a year. Yeah, <laughs> and we're constantly and, online with one another. It's true. Exactly. It's
2: still develop relationships. There was an article in the New York Times by Emma Goldman in October that talked about it's just different management styles that make it work remotely.
5: I just read a story, by the way, it's com, so it must be true, about how the teams are staying 30 minutes away from the Strip. Like, nobody wants them anywhere near Vegas, you know, when they're in for the big game in two weeks. So... Have some fun. Thank you, Suzanne. Appreciate it very much. Suzanne's right. People are
6: making really good points. I have to say, Uh, I am listening intently. Totally. I know I'm dated. Yes. I know I'm dated. I'm okay. I'm I'm just sort of
5: yearning for the experiences that I had, and I hope that that people younger than. Well, you're a little mad men nostalgic. I am mad men nostalgic. That's it. That's the way I'm going to say it from now on. Nick Arlington, what did you most want to say?
15: Hello, Michael. Great to speak to you. Uh, I think this, there
5: can be. There
15: can't be a one-size-fits-all. I'm in upper management construction, just like the civil engineer that I just called a few minutes ago. Now, last week, I was down with a terrible cold, and I was lying down on my cozy at sheets at home, nice. and guess what? I was texting furiously with my construction manager on site. You know, I can manage my projects from my bedroom on my cozy head sheets, but can the guy putting up my brick and my HVAC system and my plumbing and my kitchen equipment can they do that from their bedrooms? No. Absolutely no. not. No. So so then I mean, yesterday, my construction manager, his kids had the day off from school. You know, it was, a, it was a, a teacher grading day. I I I was with him having a meeting. Up shows his mother-in-law with his two beautiful kids, and I got to say hi to them. So right. it's yeah. It's, it's kind of like you know, I can actually do work remote, but I have to inspect my construction project, so I got to come out.
5: But and maybe maybe there's going to be, maybe the guy who is the bricklayer and, and the, the glazer and fill in the blank, maybe there's going to be a premium paid for their job. Uh, as the market says, no, I want to work at home or no, I want to go do some of those, those uh, experiences. I don't know. I don't know. Apologies to Scott, Colby, Pat and Pam. I moved quickly. The audience participated and played by the rules, but I couldn't get to all, just too much demand. Too many things that people want to say.
3: The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirkanish live. Weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
4: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirkanish.com.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022.